I've been a wild rover for many's the year. I've spent all me money on whiskey and beer. Let's sing this one. But now I'm returning with golden great store. And I never will pay the wild rover no more. And it's gold. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Opera After Dark. Yay! <laughs> so good. Kyle Homewood, master of offensive accents. <laughs> Kyle Patrick Homewood. Oh. Oh. So it's in your blood. And uh, now, just in my name. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm, well, not, I'm not Irish at all. Um. So if anybody knows what we're talking about, I can I can imagine how you would. Um, something Irish, maybe. We are talking about something Irish, but we're also obliquely going to talk about Mozart. Mm-hmm. Wait, can we, since we're doing the, the accent thing, I think yeah. this is probably one of few times that we can have Elspeth do a Scottish accent. Nope. They're different countries. Oh, yeah, They're different the ver- countries. I am not drunk. I, we've done this before in the I, Outlander episode. I know. You made I, me I do this. <laughs> Don't worry. There's, there's a it's little a... tie-in here with with Outlander. Oh, oh well, nice. there you go. Yeah. So moving See, right along. you do the same thing that I do. My Irish accent comes from far and away, and your Scottish accent comes from Braveheart. From Braveheart. And half my family. <laughs> I love you. I love you. Always have. Always will. <laughs> Uh, you know what I always think of with a Scottish accent because what? of Outlander? What? I always just think of when they call anybody a whore. A whore. I'll not have you calling my wife a whore. <laughs> That's really good. It is good. Man, Afro of nothing, Leary is the fucking worst. She oh, is. she is. <laughs> Apropos of nothing. <laughs> the worst. The worst. And I don't Leary. understand how her name is spelled. It's like L A O G H A I R E. It looks like it's pronounced Leary. Leogare, if you're like trying to pronounce it in English, even though it's right. a Scottish name. Yeah. Yeah. That also happens with with Irish. It they're both Gaelic. They're both stemming mm-hmm. from Gaelic. Yeah, but still, she's dumb and I hate her. That's like uh what are some Irish names that like Sinead O'Connor? Or something like that. Sinead is... I don't know the spelling What's of it. What's the name it's... of that actress that was in Lady Bird? I know Seer- exactly who you're talking Searchy? about. Searchy? Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. Saoirse Ronan. Saoirse. Saoirse. Yeah. 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 Like Siobhan Interesting. or something yeah. like that. Siobhan, yeah, yeah. Saoirse. Very Anywho, unique. we're going to talk about Mozart. <laughs> Elspeth. <laughs> Sorry. We're so talking about Mozart. We came up with this episode topic because... St. Patrick's Day is coming up. Yes, happy St. Patrick's Day, everyone. Mm-hmm. And so we thought, you know, there must be something that we can talk about connecting classical music and opera to to Ireland. Mm-hmm. And so the really obvious choice is... Obvious. Obviously. <laughs> is Guys, Mozart, <laughs> Mozart and his friendship with a very famous, at the time, tenor who hailed from Ireland... Really? Yes, his name is Michael Kelly. 
That does sound very Irish. Ta-da! Da-dum. And everyone is like, oh, yeah, we know who Michael Kelly is. Right, that guy. That guy. Do we? No. Oh, okay. He he became very famous in Mozart's time, but he is primarily known as a tenor, but he did actually write some music of his own. Mm. And aside from just being a well-known singer, another reason why he's kind of stayed in the history books, so to speak, is because he wrote memoirs that in the memoirs, he actually describes a lot of people from history that in like a very dramatic and entertaining way Mm -hmm. that otherwise we don't really have any other personal accounts you know, kind of historicizing interactions with those people. So Mozart is one of the people that comes up in his memoirs several times, and he tells a couple of stories and describes Mozart. Mm. He also describes Nancy Storace, who was a very famous soprano. Is Um, he the one that... A bunch of other people. Recorded Mozart's love of poop? Is that because of him? No, he didn't. He did no, not. That's have because a... of Mozart. Yeah, because he wrote it in his letters. <laughs> <laughs> you still remember because you were no. crying in a corner. <laughs> oh yeah, God, that was too funny. Oh, oh yeah, anyway. right. He wrote "Lick Mich im Arsch." Mozart did. Yes. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. too good. Lick him in den Arsch or something like that. Something like that. Yeah. Anywho, let's Lick let's actually. Mich im Arsch. <laughs> I'm glad you remember it. You right. learned so much that day. Oh, you can tell I'm extremely focused right now. <laughs> extremely. <laughs> Let's talk about Michael Kelly. Do yeah. you want to do any like brief biographical information or who cares? Sure. I'll do I'll touch on a few <laughs> things. Um so he was born in 1762 in Dublin mm-hmm. on Christmas Day. Aww. Mm. Yeah. He's a Christmas baby. Christmas baby. And so he goes on to become a very famous tenor. He composes a little bit. He does some theatrical managing. And he was actually one of the first singers, along with Nancy Storace, to come from what is now the UK to achieve any kind of international fame in Europe. Mm-hmm. And this was like a big okay. thing for, um, for the country at this time. And so... He was friends with Nancy Storace. He was also, she's from Britain, and he was also friends with her brother, Stephen Storace. And they kind of sang together in a couple of shows, and Michael Kelly sang a bunch of music of Stephen Storace as well. And in Italy, when he went there to study, he was known as Michael O'Kelly or Mm. Signor (laughs) O'Kelly. Signor O'Kelly. I was yes. just thinking about that if he was like Michele Kelly. <laughs> Michele O'Kelly. What yes. do you know anything about what the opera scene was like in Ireland at that time? I don't well, did really it know. Because I don't know if it did because he went to Europe. Right. right. I don't think there was much of an opera. But there scene had to be there. like something if he was able to learn to sing, right? Maybe. I mean, his father was a wine merchant and a dancing Mm. master, and he worked for the Dublin Castle, and he also had, like, a little bit political, but he was very passionate about giving his son a good musical education, and so he had music lessons lessons from a young age, but actually with Italian teachers. So it seems Uh. like... 
Okay. Like Italy still provided a lot of professional training for people mm-hmm. across Europe. So he goes and he becomes uh, trained with uh, several different Italian teachers. He studies a little bit at Covent Garden and then when he's old enough, he basically is embarks on this international career and he's going to go to Italy. And so mm. there's this great story, which when I read it, I was like, this is just bonkers and who knows if it's actually true. But he recounts it in his memoirs mm-hmm. where uh, basically he's his father is sending him to Italy to study. And so he gets on a ship, a Swedish ship that's going from Ireland to Italy. And then on the ship, somehow, he has, like, a piano in his room on the ship. Sure, that seems practical. Very Mm -hmm. practical. And then um, somewhere along the voyage, the ship gets boarded by a band of pirates. Nice. American pirates. Okay. Okay. (laughs) And they start to attempt to, like, smash open the piano case Mm. that's in Michael Kelly's room. And then... In his memoirs, he he says, or he recounts that he very manfully began to weep and cry out, oh, my dear pianoforte, et cetera, et cetera. And then apparently, <laughs> like, a cabin boy who was on the ship with him uh, looks around and says, for God's sake, don't cry, Master Kelly. And then the pirate who is, like, smashing the piano looks at him and turns around, and he's like, hey, I remember you. And he's like, don't you remember me? I'm Jack Cunningham. Uh, When you were a little boy, I played with you and we were like friends. And so then apparently he was the gardener's son. Like Mm. in the... Bullshit. Wherever the family of the Kellys was living and working. And so from the piano and the ship were saved. Uh. That's bullshit. Moving on. Don't you just want to, like, clearly we all need to write memoirs. And maybe, just make up a bunch of stuff. Maybe in the age of the internet, it won't be as important as far as mm-hmm. getting remembered is concerned. But I feel like you could just, like, not do that much in life, but write it in memoirs, and then somebody's going to read it. I mean, I think, you know, Kyle, you should write a memoir describing all the different opera stuff that you've seen since you've seen so much and musicals and then mm-hmm. like you know hundreds of years from now they'll look back on your memoirs as an important historic record right personal account of all That's these true. things if i can just yeah. like see each opera star of this current period live then write about mm-hmm. it and then yeah people, nobody's gonna care i like people to think will they care. will well, we'll see. I'll let you yeah. know when my memoirs are out for purchase. All right. Right. <laughs> if you so need some, Kelly something to put you to sleep. <laughs> made it to Italy. He makes it to Italy. He studies there. He gets some traction. He ends up going to Vienna, of course, which was like the hub of all great musical and operatic activity at this time. Mm-hmm. And it so happens that at a party, he's seated between... Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart and Mozart's wife Constanza. And so Mm -hmm. he becomes really good friends with the Mozarts. And he gets cast in Figaro for the world premiere of Figaro. He is Don Curzio. Mm -hmm. And so in Figaro. And so he was involved in all those rehearsal processes. So in his memoirs, he also writes about experiences connected with that. And so one of them, he's talking about when Mozart was rehearsing 
the very famous aria that Figaro sings, Non più andrai farfalone amoroso, mm -hmm. right? And uh, Bonucci, Francesco Bonucci, was the first Figaro baritone. And so he writes that as this was happening, he says, I was standing close to Mozart, who sotto voce was repeating, bravo, bravo, Bonucci. And when Bonucci came to the fine passage, Cherubino alla vittoria, alla gloria militare, which he gave out with stentorian lungs, the effect was electricity itself for the whole of the performers on the stage and those in the orchestra, as if actuated by one feeling of delight, vociferated, bravo, bravo, maestro. Viva, viva, grande Mozart. Those in the orchestra, I thought, would never have ceased applauding by beating the bows of their violins against the music desks. The little man acknowledged this, his thanks for the distinguished mark of enthusiastic applause bestowed upon him. And so he calls Mozart the little man. I will say that is pretty, that is worth reading about somebody that was there as the Marriage of Figaro premiered, considering it's had how many performances since and is yeah. such a staple. That Definitely. is pretty cool that somebody wrote about, because you, I mean, how many operas have been composed since then it's like it's not like at every single i don't know if ever somebody wrote about every single opera premiering of all time a lot of that mm -hmm. is a bunch of garbage because nobody listens to those operas anymore but mm -hmm. marriage of figaro it's a good one to be a part of it's true apparently he was very proud of this fact for the rest of his life that he was in the <laughs> world premiere cast no of oh, the nazi figaro and so, yeah, and he, but, you know, it's pretty neat. He has these descriptions of people. He did describe Mozart as being a surprisingly small little man, <laughs> like in stature. And little he also man. described like this kind of great tuft of hair that apparently Mozart was very proud of. Um, and like he on also his head or on his chest? Well, on, on his, his I'm pretty sure his head was the only thing that uh, Michael Kelly would have seen. Um, right, and he, right. he describes him in this like crimson coat with a gold laced hat and that kind of thing. So just, you know, a lot of what we know about Mozart is corroborated by this like memoir mm -hmm. in terms of what he looked like in his stature. Like Mozart was very short. He was shorter than me. He was like 5'1 or 5'2. So. Yeah, he was not a tall man. Little tiny man. Yeah. Do we so, know anything else that Michael Kelly sang in? There's a ton of stuff that he sang in. He sang in um, Salieri's, what's the name of that opera? La Scuola del Gelosi? Oh, La Scuola del Gelosi. <laughs> yeah. Right. And then Paisiello, who was another really popular composer at the time, um, wrote his own kind of version of the story of the Barber of Seville. And Nancy Storace was in it, and Michael Kelly uh, sang the role of the Count sometimes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, he sang, he sang a bunch of stuff, but a lot of stuff that we don't really hear about anymore because they're composers that are not have not standed the test of time. Any other Mozart? That is, The Marriage of Figaro is the only Mozart that he sang in the okay. premiere cast. I'm not sure if he sang in any of the other ones. It doesn't seem to pop up, so I'm guessing no. Okay. But he did, so he did have a little bit of a, a scandalous um, element to his life. He Love had, a good scandal. 
-hmm. Yes, he had an affair with another singer. Um, her name was Anna Maria Crouch. Wait, was he married? He was Michael Kelly? He was not married. But she was. She was not married. She was having an affair at the same time with the Prince of Wales. Whoa. Backtrack. I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I ruined <laughs> that. I ruined <laughs> that reveal. Whoa. Go. I'm sorry. Okay, so. Go to the beginning. Pretend I didn't say anything. Okay, so Anna Maria Crouch is, was a singer and a stage actress, okay. uh, very popular in London. Um, and she was very, for a very brief period of time, she was the mistress of George, Prince of Wales. Okay. Whammy. Okay. And, but she was, at that time, married to a naval lieutenant. And then at the same time that she was ma married to this naval lieutenant and having an affair with George, Prince of Wales, she also struck up an affair with Michael Kelly. Dang. And Good. so much juggling. Good yeah. for you, lady. Oh, boom. Mystical nightmare. Hey. <laughs> what is she juggling? Hmm. Uh, and then obviously testicles. Okay, so apparently. <laughs> 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 Lots of juggling. That's uh, three men, six balls. Last, three men, six balls. Although, frankly, her Lovely husband image. was probably out to sea, right? Probably. So yeah. only four. Yes, he was a fine seaman. He, her husband was. Uh, Thanks for that, Kyle. We've made it. We've <laughs> dropped. We've descended to this level. Ah, uh, it took us a long Who time. Knew Michael Kelly, the Irish tenor, would bring us here. It's always an Irishman. <laughs> Michael <laughs> Kelly, you know, is the connection between Mozart, the Prince of Wales, and Interesting. seaman, I guess. Go on. <laughs> Wait, can I ask? Um, <laughs> I don't think you should. <laughs> which which George which George Prince of Wales is this? Like, is it around this time? Is this the one that goes mad? I'm not sure. I'd have to look it up. I don't know when Mad Prince George. I'll look it up. Okay. Is Mad? Is which is when he's the, older, he goes crazy. Because it was King George the Third during the, the during the American Revolution, right? That was King George the Third. But they also I they take so. they take a different name when they're crowned normally, right? So maybe right. this guy is different entirely. But I feel no, like when... it's George the Third. It's all the same George. Oh really? American Revolution went crazy. It's oh, this okay. guy, George the Third, seventeen thirty eight to eighteen twenty. The dates line up. Is so this... yeah, it's all the same guy. Had an affair, guy. Nice. Yeah, and dude in Hamilton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. La da 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 la da 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 So George III did a lot and went crazy. Why did he go crazy? Oh, was it syphilis? I don't know. When he was older, I he, think so. I don't know for sure, but that sounds right. also felt a little bit like a failure because he like lost this war and the colonies and all of that ish. Whatever. No, not know. a big deal. I'm I don't know, maybe to him. Okay, well, apparently he was already living with Maria Ann Fitzherbert, Prince George, the Prince of Wales. And then while that was happening, he strikes up this side mistress relationship with Anna Maria Crouch. Nice. And it didn't last very long, but apparently she made like an absurd amount of money off of this very brief period of time uh, that they were together. Was she extorting people? Was he paying her? I don't know, but this says or he that, just like gave her a bunch of stuff. I think he just gave her a bunch of stuff, and so 
she made they estimate that she made somewhere like north of ten thousand pounds off of him, which is a lot for that time. Right, right. So can I sidebar for a second? Oh gosh. So um he didn't have syphilis. Syphilis. Um he he had dementia, um, but they think it was due to a genetic blood disorder called um porphyria. But uh-huh. get this. Its symptoms include aches and pains, as well as blue urine ew ew isn't that crazy i think that's where the term like blue bloods come from no that wouldn't make any sense (laughs) (laughs) maybe not quite i did think it was going to have something to do with his testicles though so we're not that far off right yeah isn't that crazy blue urine that's so terrifying urine that sounds Mm. terrible Anyway, I'm sorry. Continue on. She made a lot of money. She made a lot of money (laughs) off of her affair with him. Good. And then because of that or following that, she ends up like separating officially from her husband, the naval lieutenant. Mm -hmm. And then she becomes a domestic partner of Michael Kelly. Nice. Oh, for like the rest of their lives or? Well, for the rest of her life because she died very suddenly of unknown causes on in October of 1805. And... People think that it was caused by a carriage accident, but we don't know for oh, sure. That's terrible. But Michael Kelly obviously loved her a lot because he paid for a monument to be created in her honor. So, well, he, oh, wow, yeah, he probably inherited her ten thousand pounds of Prince George money too. So I don't know. Maybe that's true. Wow, where is I her monument? So. Do you know? Uh, in St. Nicholas Churchyard, which is where she's buried. So he basically paid for her gravestone, but it's an elaborate one from mm. the sounds of it. So Interesting. In Brighton, where she... Oh, in Brighton. In Brighton. Oh, Brighton, yes. Mm. Yes. So whatever so became yeah. of, of Michael Kelly after this? Well, he went on to manage the Old Drury Lane Theatre in London. Mm-hmm. He cool. sang in a couple of Stephen Storace's works he also dabbled in composing himself and so there's actually a couple songs of his that exist and actually have been recorded let's listen to one now
So apparently several of his songs were in the collection of Jane Austen's family. Weird. Oh. Yeah, and so... So I'm sorry, let's just, a sidebar again. This guy, who no one has ever heard of, in the course <laughs> of this very, of this episode, has connected us to Mozart, Mad King George, and Jane Austen. Jane Austen, and apparently Michael Kelly was very good friends with Bonnie Prince Charlie. Dang. Of course he was that dick. <laughs> Oh, you're just, Is this the Outlander part? Yeah. <laughs> you're still upset with Bonnie Prince Bonnie Charlie? Bonnie Prince Charlie, the he one that people know might know doing. of from Outlander. Did people feel that way before Outlander? Or was he like a Scottish hero? No, he's a Scottish hero. He still is. Yeah. Okay. Bonnie Prince Charlie. Right. Apparently, me, Bonnie Prince Charlie was very old Mark by the time he and Michael Kelly became friends. Oh, okay. But still, they were good friends. So. Oh, did he? Bonnie Prince Charlie, he survived the Battle of Culloden? He didn't fight in that battle. But what happened to him? He Wasn't he basically on. like on the, on the run slash always trying to... Usurp. Usurp and, you know, get followers for his cause kind of and also he was you know basically a criminal because he tried to take over the throne right. so he was hunted for the rest of his life but that dude didn't fight in that battle didn't so he did he just like go back to italy or france or wherever he was and just i don't know where he went afterwards chill I don't know. huh tried to drum up more support for a second attempt i think for the rest of his life interesting very interesting <laughs> right well hey we uh depending on what happens with brexit i have a feeling the scottish people might say hell no i hope so yeah i support scottish independence oh you heard it folks there it is you heard it now i hopefully not an unpopular opinion yeah well hopefully Mm -hmm. we don't lose our you know vast amounts of conservative british listeners listeners We don't know. We don't, don't know. know. I'm really sorry to everybody that was just offended by Elspeth's outrageous political claims. Sorry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but moving on, who else can we talk about that is connected to Michael Kelly? Irish tenor. Well, apparently he was supposed to marry or maybe married Emma Lyon, who was subsequently, as Lady Hamilton, became Lord Nelson's mistress. Mm. Does this all line up? Oh, Beats me. When when he was on that like pi- the ship that got taken over by pirates, he presented himself with letters of introduction to the British ambassador Sir William Hamilton. Hamilton was a famous archaeologist whose interest in Mount oh. Vesuvius earned him uh, the name the Volcano Lover. <laughs> I don't know. Hey, if you say um, that in well, the right context, it sounds pretty good. <laughs> hey, ladies, you're looking at the Volcano Lover, right? He was also, Michael Kelly was good friends with Lorenzo de Ponte. And when de Ponte needed to flee Vienna because he had racked up all of that debt and then the emperor died and he no longer had a job, he actually tried to convince Michael Kelly, Nancy Storace, and Wolfgang and Constanza Mozart to like all leave with him and go to Britain to find, like to found a new company together. But by that time, Mozart had like a court job and he had two children. So he's like, I can't leave. And uh, Nancy Storace and Michael Kelly were like, yeah, I don't know if we want to follow you and do this. So <laughs> You seem unreliable. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're a little bit crazy. I don't know about that. 
So why don't yeah, you go to New York instead? He was right. friends with Salieri. He Blend sang in a bunch of Salieri stuff. So mm-hmm. yeah, he's connected to all kinds of people. That's really cool. So we should check out this guy's memoirs. Right. So Reminisces. The Reminisces of, of by Michael Kelly. Um, he also witnessed Haydn and Mozart playing in a string quartet together, which he describes in the his f- memoir. Fuck? Yeah. Do you have a description of that handy? I don't have it handy. That's amazing. It's in his memoirs. He also describes watching Mozart dance. Just really awesome. Like, <laughs> Apparently, Mozart was a really good dancer. Oh, hey. So, <laughs> yeah. You know, and then, small and nimble. Nimble. Small and nimble. Life on the scene. Yes. And so he wrote a bunch of songs, and there's a couple different recordings. There's one recording called Entertaining Miss Austin, and it basically is a collection of different music that was found in the Austin family estate. And so the songs that are composed by Michael Kelly include The Wife's Farewell and The Husband's Return. Mm-hmm. And then he also wrote a bunch of songs that he framed in his memoirs as being like a collaboration with Mozart. So one of them, which Kelly claimed was a collaboration, is called Grazie al Ignani Tuoi. Sure, bro. Sure. <laughs> right. <laughs> He also wrote a song called The Woodpecker. And don't. <laughs> You've been like weird all night and I, I just don't say anything. Isn't it great though that you could at at that time you could write basically that something happened and what people don't have much to go off of other than what you wrote. So he like tells this story about this ship being boarded by pirates and it's like I mean I guess so. For many intensive purposes, it happened if he said it did. Same with collaborating with Mozart. Right. Well, he definitely collaborated with Mozart. We know that, but... Sure. All right. Yeah. Some of his know. other stuff. He Apparently, he wrote an opera called Bluebeard or Female Curiosity. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I have not... I don't know this, and I already have a lot to say about it. Mm. I don't <laughs> care for it. <laughs> it, it made its premiere at uh, the London Theatre Royale on Drury Lane in January of 1798. I bet it's offensive. Is this Probably. the same subject matter as, as Bluebeard's Castle? I'm sure Probably. it is because it was a fairy tale, right? Yeah. Or like a, right. a folklore story. There was a lot of female curiosity in the Bartok version of Bluebeard's Castle. Mm-hmm. Disapproving. No, I mean, no, I'm not disapproving. I just like you're interpreting it incorrectly. <laughs> I agree. I agree with Elspeth. Not incorrectly, differently. Mm. Sure. Differently. Sure. But shall we listen to, shall we play out to a piece by Michael Kelly? Sure. All right. So uh, this is something called Flora McDonald. Um, what we're going to listen to is um, an arrangement of it for voice and guitar. So, unless you have anything else to say, we can just sort of play out to this. I mean, as per usual, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitters. Twitter. Twitter, and leave that awesome review that is hiding in your brain right now. Yay. It totally makes our day when we read a good review. It does. It makes us happy. It's what we live for. (laughs) Especially Elspeth.
Especially me. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I'm Elspeth. I'm Naomi. I'm Kyle. And we'll see you next time. Yeah.